Hi, I'm Rachel, and you're listening to Punching Up, a podcast about getting out of your own way and creating a resume that gets you from the job you have to the job you actually deserve. Using practical advice from years of recruiting and HR experience, I'll help you craft a resume that opens doors and gets recruiters actually excited to talk to you, even if you don't meet 100% of their pre-qualifications. I truly believe if we can get your foot in the door for a first interview, you could take it from there. All you need is a better resume. So let's get started. Welcome back to Punching Up. Um, super excited to be doing part two of this series. We're talking about leadership. We're talking about Eat That Frog, a book that is near and dear to my heart. So uh, what I'm hoping is that if you're listening to this, you've already listened to the first section on decision because we're going to roll right into section two determination. So if you haven't listened to that part yet, because so much of this refers back, I would suggest stopping here listening to that one and then continuing this one but you know what you're a person you're free you know you do you okay so this second portion is on determination and the key question here is how often does a tightrope walker balance on a high wire so having clarity around your role is one of the best gifts you can receive from your supervisor or give if you are a supervisor. In simple terms, you were hired to get specific results. Your job can be broken down into five to seven key result areas, seldom more. Your failure to perform in a critical result area of your work can lead to the end of your job. A key result area is an activity that is under your control. It produces an output that becomes an input or contributing factor to the work of others. These are items you absolutely positively must achieve to fulfill your responsibilities, something for which you are completely responsible. If you don't do it, chances are it won't get done. And that's a really good litmus test for whether or not this is a key result area. So I'll give you a bit of a shortcut and say that Eat That Frog identifies the seven key result areas for supervisors. They are planning, organizing, staffing, delegating, supervising, measuring, and reporting. But remember, you are known by your peers and your company, by your weakest result area, never your strongest. Supervisors must be successful in all of these areas. The weakness in any one of these areas can lead to underachievement and failure as a supervisor. Although you could be exceptional in six out of the seven, poor performance in the seventh area will hold you back and determine how you achieve with all your other skills. So we've cheated a bit for the supervisors, but supervisor or not, meet with your boss and identify your key result areas. The next part is harder. Evaluate yourself honestly on each of these areas. Remember, you're the weakest link in your chain, not the strongest. So since there are no perfect humans, everyone you know, including you, has gifts and challenges. Refuse to rationalize, justify, or defend your areas of weakness. Identify them clearly and make a plan to become very, very good in each area. 
The nice thing, the thing that should comfort you is that all business skills are learnable. You may be only one critical skill away from top performance at your job. So ask yourself what one skill, if you developed it and did it in an excellent fashion, would have the greatest positive impact on your career. And continue to ask yourself, because remember, however good you are today, your knowledge and skills are becoming obsolete at a rapid rate. Continually upgrade your skills in your key result areas. So if you are already a leader, you've already developed the core competencies that made it possible for you to get promoted or for your manager to think enough of you or for you to think enough of yourself that you are defined yourself as a future leader and you're interested in listening to podcasts like this. But leading others requires us to move beyond operational sophistication. Delegation and procrastination hold new and experienced leaders back because we rest on our laurels, continuing to do the thing that got us noticed in the first place. Delegation is a key result area for managers. I mentioned that a couple minutes ago. This skill is the key leverage point that enables a manager to manage and to get results from others. Poor delegation skills alone can lead to failure in the job. Remember, people avoid jobs and activities in those areas where they have performed poorly in the past due to feelings of inadequacy. When determining what you'll continue to do or what you'll begin to delegate, remember, leaders don't delegate jobs they can't do. They delegate jobs they shouldn't do any longer. Make a concerted effort to work all the time that you work because time wasted at work has to be taken away from your family. The goal should be to perform at your very best at work, to get the very most done and enjoy the very highest level of rewards. Ask yourself, if I had to leave town for a month, what would I make absolutely sure that I got done before I left? This can be a good mental exercise to complete when you're stuck on which thing to do first. I am vehemently against the phrase work-life balance. Honestly, if I had a swear jar, terms like that and think outside the box would go in it. This is because who on earth wants to work as much as they live? Like 50% work, 50% life, no thank you. My bratty millennial self embraces the mantra, work to live, but don't live to work. Work is one component of living. We don't always get the formula right, but think of it like a tightrope walker. You're never going to reach a point where you have attained it perfectly, but you keep working at it. Never lose sight of the real reasons why you work as hard as you do and why you were so determined to accomplish the very most of the time that you invest at work. Only 2% of people can work entirely without supervision. We call these people leaders. This is the kind of person you are meant to be and that you can be if you decide to be. Put the pressure on yourself and don't wait for someone else. See yourself as a role model. Raise the bar for yourself. The standards you set for your own work and behavior should be higher than anyone else could possibly set for you. Most of the important work you do requires large chunks of unbroken time to complete. Make work appointments work so work for you by making them for yourself, like literally placing them on your calendar and then disciplining yourself to keep them. Set aside 90 minute segments called productivity sprints that you use to work on and complete important tasks. Put enough of these on your calendar 
that there is only like a little tiny small window available for someone to put a meeting on your calendar. Remember, you have no spare time. During these work times, turn off the phone, eliminate all your distractions and work nonstop. And yes, I understand the irony that clearly my phone just buzzed at me. So the tendency to start and stop a task, to pick it up, put it down and come back to it can increase the time necessary to complete the task by as much as 500%. Reduce the time required to complete a task by 50% or more by concentrating single-mindedly on the task. There's no such thing as multitasking. What you're actually doing is called task shifting. Approach each task by single handling. Single handling requires that once you begin, you keep working at the task without diversion until the job is 100% done. Work steadily and continuously without diversion or distraction by planning and preparing your work in advance. So that is the end of this section. Um, yeah, I really gotta work on the ums. I'm saying um a lot. So we're two sections down. We have one section to go. That section will be on discipline. I know this is a, um, so it's definitely the shortest part of my presentation, the little middle bit, um, but well worth it. And it starts to talk about the idea of productivity sprints, which is something I really, really embrace. I really encourage people, give yourself a single, a single, start with a single solitary 90 minute chunk of large unbroken time because I feel like most of the managers I know aren't getting even 90 minutes of concentrated work time in a single day. Um, and I feel bad about that, but embracing Eat That Frog, embracing the lessons um, can definitely buy you 90 minutes. And then when that feels good, you switch to another 90 minutes. And then before you know it, you are getting huge chunks of the day where you just get to focus on your actual job. Wouldn't that be incredible? Well, thank you so much again for listening. I really appreciate you spending some time with me and learning about Eat That Frog. And please be sure to subscribe so that you can find out when the next section, which is on discipline, is going to come out. Thanks so much. Take care.